Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Kishavon. And he's on, his company is called iShield. And we're going to learn about the use case and the business case for iShield. Keshavon, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and iShield? Thank you, William. I'm super excited to be here. I'm Keshavan, co-founder and CEO of iShield. iShield is a generative AI platform that helps HR teams create talent communications 10x faster and at scale, and bias-free. So, so that's what we do. Yeah, so talent communications, give us some examples of that. The simplest form of talent communication is a job description. Right. And we have recruiters and sourcers who are creating a job description, and mm-hmm. they need to publish the job description. Typically, it's not enough that you create a job description, but you also create multiple versions of it for internal job posting. Then you have a social media post that you want to promote the job description. Then you want to probably send it out in a job alert email campaign. Then you will do another version for getting referrals. So a recruiter and sourcer does all of these content that they are creating. And so we've created an AI platform that can help companies create that content using the AI. So it's faster and on brand and consistent all the time. So are we using chat GPT at all? I love the part of the AI because it gets smarter, right? So the more you use it in theory, but yeah. in practice, the more you use it, especially with job descriptions, the smarter it gets with kind of the nuances of your company or your hiring managers or your recruiters, et cetera. But yeah, so the question is, are we interacting with chat GPT or large language models in general? Yeah, so ChatGPT gives you a average job description right. and it's not customized to the brand. It's not free of biases or errors. Mm-hmm. It's not personalized. Right. So what you have is like a classic case of a good English speaking intern write a right. piece of content. Right. But the amount of time you take to make it precise for your brand is probably the same as you creating it manually. That's the state of affairs today. Right. I'm sure right. it's will improve. We've created our own AI models. We file patents for some of these. Uh, and we do three things. Uh, of course, we use a large language model that speaks good English or that right. gives us good English content. But we trained our models on millions of job descriptions. So our, our millions of all talent communications, I would say. Job description right. is one example. This could be an assessment. This could be a candidate nurturing campaign. This could be a social media post or an employer branding blog. It could be all of that content. So we made, trained our models on millions of such data points. So we understand the architecture and the content. Then we also, our AI understands the brand. So when we deploy for a, a company X, then it would learn about all the brand personalization that is relevant for that company X. And most importantly, we have built models that detects biases in AI recommended content. And these biases could be towards gender, race, religion, language, whatever that is. 
our AI detects that there is a recommendation or a piece of content that has bias, so it auto-eliminates and replaces that with bias-free content. Essentially, in a nutshell, we make the AI really work for you as a brand. So, so I gave you a long answer. Yes, no, no, we, no. Do use the, we do use the large language model, but you built your own. we built our own for an enterprise that's not enough. So... First of all, this is fascinating. Biases, one person's bias might not be another person's bias. In fact, I asked someone recently, what's the difference between preference and bias? And they said, preference is how you justify bias, which I found fascinating, <laughs> right? So some folks, this is also true in the sourcing world, so I know you know this, but mm -hmm. like some people have a mandate, like we need to recruit more veterans or more people with disabilities, and maybe even more specifically with people with disabilities, et cetera. So... What if one of your customers actually wants to be biased or maybe pr prefer women for the, an engineering position, et cetera, which would normally come out as bias, but yeah. can they tailor it? Is there a way to modify it for that particular post? Of course. That is a preference, as you rightly put it. And, and it falls broadly under the realm of a company taking a conscious action. Okay. So I, we want to we want to differentiate between what is unconscious bias and what is conscious bias. So unconscious bias is something discriminating or having a piece of language that discriminates women or stereotypes women is a right. unconscious bias. But right. what the example that you have given is a customization for the brand where they so in our platform they can customize and say this is the theme that we are creating this content for. If you're writing a Women's Day post, it is going to be about women. So yes, so that's part of the customization. It's conscious. And so if it is conscious, then our filters let that through because that's the choice that the customer has made. That's first point. The second one is we don't have any auto-correction modules for our bias. They're all assistive in nature. That is, we make a recommendation and it, we still leave it to the human to decide whether we want they want to take that recommendation or let it go. So they have a discretion and that is how they can align it to their own goals and say, yeah, yes, I understand that this is this could be biased, but this is aligned with the program that we are running. So I will let it go. So that's okay. So our platform has no, uh, we have not built any restrictive capabilities yet. I love that. So other than job descriptions, because you're broader than that with talent communications, what else are your customers using iShield for? Yeah. So if you look at the overall talent lifecycle, the first part is the whole employer branding. So companies use us for creation of employer branding content, career website copy, blogs, articles, and they also use us to give them a audit. They give use them to do an audit of their all their existing content to see how aligned and how branded that is and how bias-free that is. So they get they use it for branding purposes. The second bit is recruitment. So recruiters and sources use our use our AI to create job descriptions, candidate campaigns, nurturing campaigns, candidate emails, campaign content, and, uh, and emails and all the recruiter work, so to say, wherever they are creating content. So this is how companies are using our product today. It's almost like if you're going to use Microsoft Word to open up and create a document, whatever that document might be, if it's social yeah. post or whatever... Then you don't need to do that. Correct. Yeah. The, a different way I put it is, it's like having a full-fledged 
content marketing agency work with you. It's just that it is an AI. So what's the workflow for them? If let's say we're working with a company and they're going through 500 jobs in a year, they're going to hire 500 people. Is it recruiters and employer branding and sources like what? And then what I'm really trying to figure out is what's it connected to? Or is it connected to anything else within their kind of their talent, their technology stack? That's where we differentiate ourselves from a lot of other tools people may want to use. We have built the integrations with the most popular applicant tracking systems and talent CRM systems. So let us say that the job post or or the communication originates in Greenhouse. Then we have a plugin for Greenhouse. So you get the content recommendations right in the Greenhouse platform. So this could be Greenhouse, this could be Lever, this could be Avacher, uh, or you could be using Phenom People, Smashfly. So we've integrated with all these platforms. So you're not navigating away from the system where you're currently working and you're getting the content recommendations right inside the platform. So that's the user experience. Yeah. Yeah. But if customers do want greater account management and team management, then we do have a web app they can use. Uh, but uh, our mo- most of our customers use our plugins in right. their HR tech ecosystem. Right. right, almost as an overlay. So they're doing it if they needs to be published or it needs to be housed again in the ATS. And on the marketing side, it would be also, like you said, Avature, it'd be in some of the CRMs. I think you mentioned Smashfly. So that would happen there as well. Smashfly, Phenom people, yeah. Yeah. Have you integrated with, or you, have, you, have you been asked to integrate with some of the programmatic the Panda Logic, AppCast, Symphony mm-hmm. Talents, some of those folks. Have you been asked to integrate with the programmatic yeah. job? It's kind of omnichannel job. That is yeah, yeah. We've evaluated Symphony Talent integration. One of the use cases there is production of variations of the ad postings. Oh, interesting. Uh, at a mass so scale. Can, at a mass scale right? So you can do uh, you can do A/B testing. We can do A/B testing, yes, exactly. Oh, cool. And you can do and you can do variations, right. the same content, and you can keep refreshing, so to say, over a period of time of the ad serve. So yes, we have that's in beta. Right. We have we are not live yet. It is something that we've been asked. We have a product for that in beta. Love that. Okay, so let's do some buy side questions because. The podcast is trying to help all of us, but practitioners learn how to buy software. And this is a new, this is a new category. This is I, mean, I would say investors hate it when I say new category. But <laughs> if they haven't bought if they haven't bought something like iShield before, what should they be asking? What types of questions, if not specific questions, should they be asking you and your team? So the there are four questions that customers ask us repeatedly. Because this is an AI, everybody is concerned about data privacy and data security. Because if we are learning about a brand, then people want to know where is that right. where is that intelligence residing. So that's a question that people ask us. The second question is how we generate branded content. So they want to understand how unique it is going to be compared to, uh, let's say, generating the content for some other brand. Because quite honestly, and this is again, if two teams use chat GPT, they both will get almost similar content recommendations, the same query. But here come companies are concerned for us in terms of how unique is the content recommendation. The third question that companies ask us is the intelligence of people and 
persona and audience is locked up in hr systems that already exist in the company right that so they have they know who their candidate is what the candidate pool is what their mix is all that information or the applicant data and the information is locked up in ats crm various systems so their question the third question they ask us a lot is around personalization in order for you to personalize you need integration and you need to know these insights for you to generate personalized content right so people ask us a lot about are you integrated with and they list a few software they use and that's what they expect and the fourth question really is around people communications talent communications needs layers of debiasing so they are very curious what types of biases does it at what level does it work can it work at a state level can it work at a company organization level what about different geographies so there are a lot of questions around unconscious biases there are a lot of questions around uh, compliance there are questions around state level compliances and they really will have a checklist they want to go through to say are do you meet these requirements or not so we keep comes customers ask us these four questions security data security and privacy personalization through integrations and yep. insights yep. and bias i love all of those questions especially the personalization <laughs> which you talked about at the very beginning it's yeah. large language models that are out there that's great but if it's not personalized you're still going to have to do a lot of work I used chat GPT this weekend and I had it write my bio. Mm-hmm. Basically said in a thousand words or less, write William Ten Cups bio. Yeah. And then yeah. I flipped it around and I said, okay, <laughs> a thousand words or less, write William Ten Cups obituary. Yeah. Cool. And, okay. <laughs> which is a little dark, yeah. I, I, which I understand, but it was the obituary was 90 95%. It was pretty spot on. And yeah. I found I was found, and again, that's generalized, which people don't understand that that it is wonderful. It really is a kind of a fun thing to do, to the, like really play with the large language models. And again, to your point earlier, it can get you generic content if that's what you need. Um, that is correct. It gets you started. It gets it you started. You a, it gives you a decent draft, but if you tried the regeneration process three or four times, you start getting more and more garbage. Right. So it doesn't become more precise. It all no. depends upon how you query it. That's so right. there is a barrier for an enterprise to adopt it at an enterprise scale. And what we are doing is giving that last mile problem solution to companies to actually make it work for enterprise. That's what is probably the thing that companies need before they say, okay, I'm using generative AI. Right. Does, yeah. Do you find that it helps with prospects if they've played with or, or taken around with OpenAI or ChatGPT or any of the others that are out there? Does it help if they've, they know how to run queries? I think everybody has already tried it in some shape or form. So I think that question, people have crossed that barrier already. I, think, I also think that a lot of companies have thought about integrating it, but are also scared. We saw what happened with Samsung, right, where people, right. uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I was at a conference where we asked, I asked 72 CHROs were in a room, they were discussing a topic and only 10% were ready to use it at an enterprise level, but almost everyone was using it personally. This is the, so they've learned the chat GPT and it helps that they know AI can do a lot of good stuff, Right. but there are barriers to cross is how I look at it. 
Do you do you feel like again running queries even in in your because it's more specific to the company and to recruiting yeah, in yeah. general? Do we need to teach them queries? Do we need to teach um, them how to write more specific, like a job description for a software engineer? Like I could write the query myself, but do we need to teach them that? To use our product, no. Okay. Okay. When we deploy, we have abstracted all of that learning into the AI, and that's how we deploy it for a company. And so they still use simple, plain English to say, can you generate a job description for the following post or for the following role and give some basic information or data points, and that's it. That's all what they need to do. No query training or any is required. Thank you. That's perfect. All right. Yeah. Your favorite part of the iShield demo, when you get to show somebody that's never seen it before, maybe not even understand exactly what you do, what's your favorite part of the demo? Before ChatGPT became popular, we already had the generative AI. And when I used to demo that the AI creates the content, <laughs> people did go wow, but there was also very healthy skepticism. Right. But today that wow factor has gone away. But people do say, wow, when they see unconscious biases being highlighted by the tool. Right. Uh, and uh, you make manual edits or AI is generating the content. All these biases are highlighted and you, so that people do see, okay, wow. Now I understand why AI requires these additional filters. I can see the value add. So that's my, one of my favorite parts uh, of the overall iShield demo. Love it. Listen, this yeah. has been absolutely wonderful. I love what you're doing. How long have you been doing it? How long is, I forgot to ask you at the beginning, how long has iShield been available to folks? Two years, actually. So we started very early when it was still in the realm of possibility. The mm-hmm. general generative AI things, we started really early and we started working on creating our own proprietary models. And uh, yeah, here we are now, two years down the line, still working at it. (laughs) Congratulations. You built something absolutely beautiful. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. This has been great. Thank you for chatting and uh, giving me this opportunity. 100%. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com. 